0: Good morning. Oh, that's funny. We've got a, I don't know if you've noticed, we've got a lot of musicians. We're in a time of transition. We, uh, Jeremy will be going to Canada for a few months for the summer. And, uh, we've got a young man. He'll love that when he starts playing the guy on the keyboard. And, uh, Niles is filling in. He's going to be playing for a few months. Jeff and Amy are, uh, Amy are having a baby. And uh, just all kind of change, and we've got another guitar player fixing to come in and play, so anyway, isn't it awesome to be in a church where just people step up? Uh, you don't really appreciate it. Put your hands together if you're really great. Man, I am. We've been praying long and hard that God would uh, provide, and He always does. He knew we had a need, and uh, you know, matter of fact, one of our drummers, uh, Isaac, is filling in for us this morning because our regular two had conflicts today, but uh, Cliff just finished tax season. Cliff had his drums in the closet or something. He wasn't even playing until a few years ago, and we had a need, and uh, man, it's just always amazing what God does. Well, this weekend, we are continuing a series called Fish Tales, and I'm very excited about it. It's about evangelism. Uh, we've got some things we're going to do at the end that'll maybe uh, stir your curiosity to maybe even get more involved in this. But look at the back of your worship guide. Turn to that. It's a place for taking notes. This morning, it's called Fishing Buddies. And man, I am grateful for that uh, term because I think God does want us to fish uh, together because it's much too great to do it by ourselves. And I mean, we can do it by ourselves, but I think God has a better plan. Well, this morning, as we've been going through the series, we've been talking about Jesus invited uh, disciples, apostles a long time ago, a couple thousand years ago, just as he invites us in 2008 To come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's kind of been the the basic statement of this whole series. Just a, a simplistic gospel verse. And yet we all know that fear somehow swells up. I addressed that last weekend. And when that fear swells up within us, sometimes we're just glad to get it over with. Or we want to send somebody else that's maybe a little more articulate than us. But I don't know about you, but I am so glad for somebody that came and had a witness to me and to you. Somebody that shared their love for Jesus Christ. They invited you, brought you to church. They gave you a CD. They gave you a book. They did something and God used that. Are you grateful for that this morning? That's right. So somehow fear did not hold them back. Maybe it did paralyze them, but they stepped over the line and said, I got to do something. Well, there's a message truth right at the top, and I want you to look at this because I think it's so critical. Sometimes our fears keep us from sharing the message of Christ with those who have never heard. We must remember that God is in control, and we've been invited to participate in what He is up to. Fishing was never intended to be a solo mission, and I'll say that over and over this morning. And then I want you to see this. The church was meant to partner with us in the fishing process the Ecclesia, the the living church of Jesus Christ, was meant to support, to strengthen, to encourage, to teach us, to instruct us in the ways of God, that we wouldn't have to do it alone. And we're going to talk about that a lot this morning. But I want you to look at the main text. Last weekend I talked of Acts 4. Turn there in your Bibles with me. Acts chapter 4, we covered uh, some very specific verses there, and we talked about salvation is found in no other name but the name of Jesus Christ. Well, this morning... I want to pick up a little past that because he says we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. We must testify that Jesus is the Christ. Well, this morning, if you look at Acts chapter 4, down there about verse 23 is where we're going to pick up. Verses 23 through 29, and you begin to see the the gospel text together, and God will get us our attention here. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. I'm just stop there for a minute. Because here's what I want you to see. Fill this blanket. Cowards become courageous. And you might say, well, I never thought of myself being a coward or a spiritual coward. But honestly, if we want to really assess or evaluate the situation, we could say, you know, really when it comes to testifying to my faith in Jesus, I tend to hold back unlike other arenas of life that I find myself. But these witnesses, these first disciples were so willing and I'm so glad they did. But the Bible says that they rose up and we talked last weekend. They began to talk about Jesus in the temple. Now, to talk about God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and to do the, the Torah and to do the Jewish thing, that was fine. But to add Jesus to it, man, that was really different. That stirred a commotion. It created a riot. It brought healing. It brought deliverance. It brought salvation. And yet, I think on the way home, this is me kind of reading into it here. I bet the disciples went, wow. Wow. That was kind of close. We almost got stoned and hit and attacked, and it was really tough. They're not very receptive. Hey, let's move the operation out of Jerusalem. Let's move it somewhere else. How many of you have been in a situation like that that you wish you could move somewhere else because it was much too antagonistic? Do I have a witness? If we're honest, we go, yeah, man, that's my office. That's my school. That's the arena that God's put me but I keep saying this. I'm going to say it again. God has perfectly positioned you and me to be exactly where we are for this time, for such a time as this. God has you, and you're saying, "But God, I want out." Have you ever tried to fight God? Sure. And who won? He did. You know, like, but God, I don't want to stay. God, I don't. Want I had a guy the other day. You see, you don't realize. People tell me this, and I'm okay with this because I love Montgomery. I, I grew up here. Uh, I had a guy not long ago, and he's told me this seven times now. I really don't like Montgomery. I really don't want to be here. You you know, I kind of take that. It's a little offensive to me when you tell me. I mean, this is the city that God has called me, and I've ministered in this city for 30 years. Is this city perfect? By no means. Does this city have challenges? Absolutely. But praise be to the Lord God that he's the God of the city. Amen? Amen. And we got to stand up and we got to rise up and be strong in Jesus Christ. And I love our city. And I hope you're saying, well, we need to pray for it. Well, you know, i tell you what, maybe some of the mass we're not praying enough, so let's pray for our city. But anyway, they had this sudden, they had this kind of aha moment. They saw some things here. They connected the dots that God had them in this place around temple in Jerusalem doing the things that they did, just as he has you and I doing the things we do. And has it occurred to you? I've been trying to remove myself from this situation, but God won't let me out. God has put me here. It's a comforting thought to think that God is in control of this world. Is it church? He's in charge. You say, but I don't like it. Well, I don't like everything God does. But I mean, the, the Bible says that they raise their voices together in verse 24. It says when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, he said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in it. He was making a declaration, God, you are above my life. You're above the agendas of this world. It was a, he, this is how he said it. God, you're large and in charge. Just write that down. How many of you believe God is large and in charge this morning? See, God has not fallen asleep. When the Twin Towers came down, when the war started and it continued, when the earthquake hit a part of the country that day that they're not supposed to have earthquakes, and I saw the news report, and they were giving the news the weather, and all of a sudden it started shaking. I mean, it was freaking people out. Do you think God was asleep? No. He knew what was going to happen. He's in charge of His world. And yet... The, the Old Testament Jews, they had memorized the scriptures. They had memorized the Psalms. They would quote them back to God. They were familiar with God. God was bringing them into a new arena. In verse 427, he tells about the Gentiles, which is the Romans, that they stood against the Messiah. They conspired together to do something. Well, you know, today, sometimes we conspire. Maybe not in that sense, but somehow we go against God. But I want you to feel this, and this is so critical today. Our king is sovereign. Can you say that with me? Our king is sovereign. And we go, sovereign? Wow, man, are you, uh, what's your theology? Well, you know, we can sit here and debate that till Jesus comes, you know, and, and all that. But I do believe in the sovereignty of God and also believe in free will. You're like, well, how do you do that? And we can talk about that another day. But I'm telling you, my God controls. My God is in charge this morning. My God rules the universe. He rules the earth. And you ought to be comforted by the fact that God rules this morning. And these people tried to come against the plan of God. Even as I was studying Scripture and I thought about, because to be sovereign means we affirm His right. He governs the universe. And I think most people would say, well, yeah, I do believe He does that. And God is under no obligation to give me, me and you an account of what He does because He is God, because He's holy. A lot of times we're like, well, I think God should answer. <laughs> well, God doesn't answer to us. We answer to Him. And yet this whole thing, when I read in Scripture, you see the early disciples, when persecution hit, they ran for cover. Peter, oh, come on. Peter got scared off by a little girl. Wimp. Peter, I mean, the guy that could, like, could preach with fire at Pentecost. The guy that, here in the book of Acts, this mighty warrior that is a coward becomes courageous. At one time, when you read the Gospels, he is scared off by a little girl. Oh, I don't know him. I don't know Jesus. Well, let's bring it down to us because we love to pick on Peter. This past week. This past month, you had an opportunity to stand for Jesus. Did you stand? Or did you go, oh, I don't know when. The other day, I was walking into the Y to work out, and, and I, I had this. Uh, the Lord had something heavy on my heart, and I didn't realize, and I was just really praying. And the, the worker stopped me. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm praying to my God. And a big old smile lit up on her face. See, I, I, sometimes I just forget where I'm at. Do you all ever do that? Does anybody else do that besides me? I just forget where I am. And hey, and sometimes when I go on that bicycle and I start riding and climbing hills and I get a good praise song on and I'll fold my hands up into the heavens. And every once in a while I go, I'm in a public why? I don't care. It's time to pray, praise the name of Jesus in the church. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we're going, we're some weird fanatics. We got signs out in the parking lot. Like, repent, repent, you're going to hell. And bullhorns, you're sinners. You're... Man, that turns me off too. And I love Jesus. But I think there's sometimes in a subtle and sometimes very forceful way, we just go, Jesus Christ is Lord. You need Jesus in this situation. Well, here it is. The disciples show this. And look at the blank. He is free to do all that he wills. God can do whatever he wills, whenever he decides to do it. He's sovereign. He's in control. Nothing catches it. Let me tell you something. I'm going to give you all some good news this morning. This is free. Are you ready? I've been riding by the gas pumps just like you. And me and God have been having a lot of talks. And them gas prices have been, whoa, going up. And man, income in my pocket's going down. You know what I'm talking about? And you know what occurred to me? God already knew they were going to go up and he's in charge and he is large. And I just got to praise him. And some of you are like, well, I'm selling my SUV. Well, maybe you need to. I don't know. I had a guy that day call me and said, I got a really good deal. I said, what you got? And he told me, I said, that's why you got a good deal, Bubba. Anyway. Just Hey, just thank God you're not driving diesel. Some of you are this morning. Wow, I saw that sign the other day. I about had a heart attack. I don't even drive a diesel vehicle. Okay, let's get back to the text. So God is up to something. He's big. He's active. Just get a new perspective. He's a sovereign king. He rules. Let, let me give you some verses. This, this will really build a case. Psalm 135, 6. The Lord does whatever pleases him in the heavens and on the earth, in the seas, and all their depths. I find comfort in that. The Lord does what he wants to do isaiah forty six ten. i make known the end from the beginning from ancient times what is still to come i say my purpose will stand and i will do all that i please wow our god is so able and so uh, conquering and so authoritative he does just what he says and then the blank is his throne is a symbol of his sovereignty Psalm forty five six, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, a scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. Ye you rule, Isaiah sixty six one. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Acts four twenty five. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why are the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And then you just continue to read in there in verses 27 and 28. He says, they conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, but they did what your power and will had decided beforehand would happen. See, it was a plan of God that Jesus Christ would give his life at the cross of Calvary. It was the plan of God that Jesus Christ would suffer under men. It was Jesus, it was the will of the Heavenly Father that Christ would be crucified, that he would be buried. But it was the will of our sovereign king that on the third day he would raise him up gloriously from death and he would reign forever and ever. Let's put our hands together and give him praise right there. Our God reigns this morning. That's awesome news. Isn't that cool? You're saying, well, my football team rules. They do not. I don't even care if you've got a great football team, great athletic team, great player, great something. They all stumble. But our God does not stumble. And I just, man, I just get so excited about that God is in charge. and our, our God is active in the midst of all of life. Whatever situation you and I find ourselves, He rules. He intervenes. His purposes stand forever and ever. And you cannot change His word. Let me tell you, oh, I'm almost going to get political. Let me say, okay, all right, here it is. Oh, that's going to get political about a denomination. There are denominations right now, and I love the denominations of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not here to bash denominations. I came out of one. I held credentials in one. It was very evangelical, at least in the southeast. But there are denominations that will continue to debate this word at meetings, in jurisdictions, in general conferences about what the word of God says. And let me tell you, friends, this word stands Forever. We don't need to debate it. I talked to a pastor friend of the He goes, you ain't going to believe this. We're going to go to a meeting again, and we're going to debate homosexuality one more time. I mean, that's right. There ain't nothing to debate. I'm like, God's already spoken about that. I'd be mean, like, we're going to debate adultery. We don't need to debate that. We don't need to debate, debate stealing. We don't need to debate lying. You're like, I'm talking about lying in the house. Well, you know, I mean, hey. I mean, there's just things that God says and His Word stands. Doesn't that give you comfort as it does me this morning to know that God's Word stands and it's eternal? And it doesn't shift like the sea and like the vapor and it's here for a while and then it's not? That's why I tell you to memorize God's Word. The only thing you're going to take off your planet or off this planet is the Word of God and your testimony for Jesus Christ and those that know Him. Let's move into this. The power of, I love this, the powerful prayer of boldness. We talked about being courageous. Well, now you going to be talking about being bold. Here it comes again. God invites them to be a player with him. Boldness, let me tell you, boldness is not volume. You're like, well, we would never know that according to you. Well, I'm a preacher, okay? Give me a little liberty here. And I've been trained to raise my voice and lower my voice and go quiet. Sometimes when i really lower my voice, I'm riding down the road trying to critique the sermon. I don't even hear it. And I turn it all the way up. And then when I come on screaming, it scares me sometimes. I repented the other day. I pull it off. But but here's the thing. Boldness is not yelling in a stadium or having some poster board. But boldness is character. Boldness is a verbal thing. Boldness is a soft-spoken woman or man boldness is at christmas time when the clerk tells you happy holidays you turn and you go no merry christmas it's all about jesus amen that's that's boldness there's so many situations we can find uh, about how do we uh, here's boldness god has led you to invite a friend to fellowship to our church and you finally get up the mustard the courage and you speak to them God instructs you to buy a CD or a book for somebody And you go and you buy that and you give that to them that you think it might help them It might help them in their quest for truth to know God There's so many ways we can be bold And we never raise our voice We can speak in a calm still manner and he's Lord You know, I've prayed with a lot of groups the last 30 years I was with this one group several years ago and, And I love intense prayer meetings, but I noticed they started yelling And after about an hour of it, I grabbed the guy. I said, Bubba, his name wasn't Bubba, but I just felt like calling him a Bubba. I was kind of ticked off. I said, my God is not deaf. You do not need to yell. He can hear us. And he really lowered his voice then. You you know what I'm saying? But sometimes we think the louder we get, that's what it takes. God doesn't have a hearing aid. Did you know that? We might need a hearing aid, but our God doesn't. He hears. He hears. I don't know, I said that for somebody's benefit. Okay, here we go. The Lord calls us to holy boldness. That's the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ, that we become holy in our life. We're positioned to be bold in our witness. There are people right now that you need to be sharing Christ with. And I'm going to show you some different ways to do that. But I want to tell you, Proverbs 28:1. The wicked man flees, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Bold. How bold are we this morning for Jesus Christ? God says you can be bold as my animal in the animal kingdom, but you can even be more bold. Be mighty witnesses for me this morning. I was reading a story the other day uh, from, uh, his name was Joseph the Maasai warrior from uh, John Piper's book, Let the Nations Be Glad. And this young man was so beaten in the atrocities and the things that had happened to him. He, his life was almost taken and he was laid over to the brush to die. And after a few days, somehow God gave him strength and he crawled back again and he, he got nourished back to health and he went back to the same village that had beat the fool out of him to share the hope of Jesus Christ. Guys, that's a faith I don't know anything about. That's boldness. But i tell you that to let you know the persecuted church will always thrive on the planet. Did you know that? The persecuted, the underground church thrives. But the church that is alive, the church that is on top, sometimes we go undercover. God wants us to be bolder in our attempt to share Christ. The opposite of boldness is fear. God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of fear, but of power, of self-control, of a sound mind. Timothy tells us, God gives us power this morning. He says, harness your fear under the Holy Spirit and speak boldly about my son because my son is to be praised. The foundation of boldness is righteousness. It's not that you and I have the ability, but it's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In my prayer time, every day, I pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, clothe me in your righteousness today, because there is nothing righteous in me. But your Holy Spirit, would he fill me afresh today, and may I be righteous in Christ. May I exalt your name. That's the power, folks. you go got to be a witness. You need the righteousness of one that is holy, one that is pure, one that is perfect. His name is Jesus, he is the priest that intercedes for all time. He is the priest that lives forever and ever. Do you get excited about that? Man, I get excited about it. I'm, will hold that for another day. Okay. I just ask you this. There's this powerful verse and you've probably never seen it. I want you to look down there at verse 29. I'm setting you up for something. This is huge. Now your servants are here. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great. Mm. Let's I don't know if we really got it. Enable me to speak your word with boldness. Can we say that together? Enable me to speak your word with boldness. Let's say that we really mean it with authority. Enable me to speak your word with boldness. Could you make that your prayer every day for the next week? Could you do that? That's your homework. Every day, maybe three times a day, ten times a day. Lord Jesus, enable me today to speak your word with boldness. Hannah, for you and Melissa and Josie and all you seniors that are, and Jessica and all y'all that are about to graduate, would y'all pray this prayer? Y'all's doors are about to close on high school. This is going to be the last time you're going to see many of those friends. Would y'all pray this prayer? Would y'all do that, students? Would you do that, students? Yes. This is y'all's opportunity. Adults, would you do this? Yes. See what I'm saying? But, man, Lord, I'm, I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid I don't know what to say. we well, happened to with that? I'm afraid I'll tell them something wrong. Thanks be to God he can cover that. I'm afraid that... I'll sweat. Whatever. I'm afraid they won't like me anymore. I tell you what, I'd rather my friend make it into heaven and know Jesus than you be afraid that you weren't willing to tell them the gospel of grace. You know, that's my only regret. Well, I got lots of regrets, but my only regret about high school, I became a Christ follower at 19. I went all through high school raising heck for the devil. You didn't know what I was going to say, did you? And... And I became a youth pastor for almost two decades because I wanted to redeem that generation. And that's why I love what Jason and Amanda do so much. I love that generation. I love the younger generation, the one that Rachel works with. I believe God wants to redeem all the generations. How about you? And we need to speak boldly. And some of you adults in here are going, yeah, man, I wasted a lot of opportunities in the first 20 or the first quarter of my life or the first half of my life or the third quarter. Somebody might be in the last half of your life or the last quarter. Or you might be in the last two minutes. I'm not prophesying. I don't know if anybody's about to die. I mean, wouldn't that be great? The pastor was saying, you're in the last two minutes of your life. Boom. This place would fill up next weekend. Okay. Anyway. But that's not what I'm praying for, that you would fall over dead. Okay. you're like, does he know something I don't know? Yeah, me and God got this thing. He's telling me who's going. No, no, here we go. All right. Matthew 16, 13. Who do people say the Son of Man is? Everybody has an opinion about Jesus. Some people are irritated about Jesus, but there's one thing about Jesus. He's irresistible. He has drawing power. He has the power to draw us to God in salvation through faith. It's by grace. And this morning, I just pray that He's saying, Who do you say I am? And when He asks you that question, you go, I will respond, Lord, you are Lord. You are my King. You're my sovereign King. You're my life. Don't just go, Jesus, you're my Savior. Jesus, you are my Master. Jesus, you are my Lord. You know, to Simon, he goes, you're not Simon, but you are Peter. He says, and I will build my house, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I'm so glad this morning that that hell cannot overcome heaven, that hell cannot overcome the church of Jesus Christ, that this is the most powerful entity on the planet, that the hell cannot come against it, that it is powerful. And we have that in common, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is going to build his church, and he's building his church right now as I speak these words. He's building his church all over the globe. And he's building his church that he might come forward again. And as we come into the assembly, as we congregate together, we're a part of the greater part of the church of the living Christ. I'm excited about that. We're just one part at Ryan Road. We're called the the outpost, if you will, at Ryan Road in our city. But God has many churches that fear him. And he says, my church will endure and it's your choice to participate or you can bail out. But blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. He is to be praised from generation to generation. From the time the sun comes up to the sun comes down, we bless the name of Jesus Christ. We need to praise him. and, And look at this real quickly. The church is a partner in the fishing process. The disciples went out and they caught men. The church works with you. It's, it's not a uh, do-it-by-yourself effort. It's not a solo mission. Now, one of the ways we witness is one-on-one evangelism. That is powerful. Another way is we do it corporately is the church. And I think we have an awesome church to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And we partner with you every weekend and every time the doors are open because we believe, as the sign says, we're on a journey, we're doing life, Together, it means we witness together, we sing together, we worship together, we pray together, we bless together, we cry together, we celebrate together the goodness of God. We create environments to fish, but there's a lot of resistance out there. But I pray that we will always create an environment in here, that this environment in the living room, the environment on the front hall, the environment on this campus would be one that would exalt Jesus Christ and people would be drawn to the saving power of Jesus. As much as I love all the things that this facility is about, I pray that it's all, when it's all stripped away, it's all about Jesus. Because He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's the one that we try to build up and we focus on. And look, fill in the blank. We must act like the community of believers. We must act like that. Sometimes we don't act like the church. Let's just be honest. Sometimes we act like the world. And God says, I have redeemed a precious bride called the church by my precious blood and act like the community of faith. And I tell you, when two or three of you agree about anything and you ask for it, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For two or three come together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. How many of you believe Jesus is hovered right here in the center of our assembly this morning? I think it's an awesome place. King Jesus is here. That's right. And he rules and he reigns and he's king. And, and show me this next logo here, brother. Now, I, I, I was going to tell a couple of you something. This right here, for a church our size, it's amazing that we can pull off this. And a huge part of this is because I'm so committed to that generation. And my daughter happens to lead it, and she's very committed to it, and the people that volunteer in there. And I'm telling you, folks, we are not taking advantage of that value. We have three worship services here every Sunday morning. The first one starts at 8.45 Would y'all be getting here? Get up early. Go to bed earlier. This worship service can change your family's life. And the church said, And we are not taking advantage of it. I am passionate about that generation. And it starts with us in this room. And we get rid of our excuses. Because here's what I've learned about you and about me. Anything that is important, I will do. I will not make an excuse for it. You're saying, the pastor's fired up. I am. I am because it's ridiculous the crowds that we're having and what we could have and that this could be the greatest witness in the water that we've got for Jesus Christ to bring children to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords Amen, Amen. and we're not celebrating it we say oh that's so sweet y'all we have come a long ways from a phonograph Jesus okay you don't even know what I'm talking about do you So, if you went to church in the 60's they got a piece of phonograph and they threw it on the board and go this is Jesus and I went "Yeah." Okay, And you come in here and there's hope and there's joy and there's values and there's Bible study in small groups and I'm not going to quit until every person decides that they're coming and they're bringing their friends because there are churches around America that are doing this and their kids are bringing their moms and dads to Jesus and their kids are jumping in the middle of bed. Matter of fact, I'm praying right now. Lord Jesus, may our kids jump in the middle of our parents' bed next weekend and say, let's go, mom, get up. We got to go to church. Am I fired up? Are you fired up? Amen. Well, thank you, Clint. I'm glad you fired up. <laughs> Bless Clint. He don't even have a kid. <laughs> y'all might have kids now. I don't know. He's going he's to bring somebody's kid. That's good. <laughs> he would go to the grocery store. Said pastor said, bring somebody. <laughs> now, y'all laugh, but let's do something about it. Amen? amen? Come on, church. Don't just tell me, amen. Let's do it. I believe the church matters. I gave my life to this. I can do something else. But this is the passion that we reach them. Ah, Let's look at the next one. Ah, There it is. Small group brochures, small groups. This is a value for our church. Many of you are doing it. Many of you are like, it ain't for me. It is too. It's for you. It's for everybody that names the name of Jesus. I'll tell you what my friend Danny said. Man, I like this small group. He won't tell me to my face, but I think he likes it better than me preaching. But but bottom line is, there's something about doing life together. And so many of you are missing out on it. Let's do it together, church. Let's grow in Jesus Christ. There's a young couple in the front hall right now. I'll leave nameless. I better point this way. They're over there. Anyway. And God has been moving in their life since men's retreat. You will not believe. They are serving Christ everywhere they can. They're in small group. They even told their small group to leave the other day. You can't take summer off because we want to meet. We want to study the scriptures. I pray our whole church will get like this. Somebody's like, if we won't say the scriptures, I'll come. No, it ain't no social club. It's about Jesus. Okay, here we go. So small group inviting. Whew, man, I'm going, to get, I'm going to have a heart attack up here preaching. I'm excited about this. Here we go. Matthew. Hey, y'all got cards when he came in. Did you see them? I invited you to memorize some last weekend. Did you memorize this? Did you put it on your computer? Did you put it in your car? Did you share it with a police officer that pulled you over? I don't know what you did with it. Well, this week, we've got the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, on the backside. Take this. Use it as another witness. We're a Great Commission church. And the church said, amen. Amen. I'm I'm hoping this is going to get us. I mean, our students, Jason has created a ministry called Outbreak. It's an evangelistic worship service every Wednesday night for our teenagers. Some kids have been getting saved, but not near enough. So students, once again, a challenge for you, how do you grow Outbreak? Y'all, we have hooks in the water. We just ain't taking enough advantage of them. You see, y'all, there's nothing that fires me up more than people coming to know Jesus because that's the mission of the church. He said, "There go, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He didn't say sit. He said, go. That's for you and me. y'all. You know, we got to go together. I know some of you are going, but I'm an introvert. I can't go. You can go. I've seen you. When you get excited about something, you go. You might not be as gregarious as somebody else or quite as winsome, but your witness matters. Your witness might be the witness that it's going to take to help somebody cross the line of faith, God would use you. That is a humbling thing, isn't it, church? Look at this with me quickly. Number one, down at the bottom. Go there quickly. Two questions. I'm going to give you in two parts. Number one, are you investing in the body with your ties, your time, and your talent? Now, I didn't realize this, but this message should be called, The Pastor Got Fired Up. Okay. I hesitate to do this, but I'm going to just do it real quick. Because some of you are guests, and I want you to come back. And if you're family, you need it. Y'all, we have some big goals for Christ Community Church for 08. Huge. That only God can do. And a part of that falls on our obedience to the Scripture of Jesus Christ. And a part of that is us bringing our tithe. And I just want to, just listen to me quickly. Tithe is 10%. I want you to say with me. Tithe is is it 5% is it 2% oh it's 7% it's can I just tell you something when people tell me I tithe no you don't we got a lot of non-tithers around our church y'all we are a wealthy church we need to get it right there's a lot of things that you've brought on yourself. You've allowed the enemy to have part over you if you're not bringing your time into the storehouse. Let it go. Be liberal. and Say, Lord Jesus, I don't care if gas goes to $7 a gallon. I trust you, Lord Jesus. Now, I do care if it goes to $7 a gallon, okay? But I'm just telling you, y'all, we got to get this right. I'm so tired of looking at the financial statements every week. And we have the opportunity here to be a mighty church, and part of it's there. And right now, you're saying, "I, ain't, I, ain't, I'll give Jesus my sin, but I ain't giving my money." That He's not Lord. He wants to be Lord of all. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? I just want to know if anybody said, "Well, I'm not sure. I, I think He mixed words. I don't think I mixed any. If I did, uh, listen to this online, and you see if you get it the next time." Or uh, right now, because I said that, ushers come forward. Let's take the offering. Let's just have a response right now. Whoo! Glory. Jeremy, you better run to the keyboard or something, bro. Here we go. Let's just do it right now. Here we go. Lord, we're going to ask that we would be courageous today in our witness, that we would drop our checks and our money and our tithes in the offering baskets. Lord, you have given us every gift. Everything in the world is yours. And God, I pray that today we would have a supernatural giving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, they're going to pass those. Y'all get them passing and pass them slow. Fill them up. You're saying, Wow. Y'all, I can't apologize about this. This is the message of the gospel of Christ. And God wants to do something huge, and he wants us to be free. And uh, so this morning, it, it, as I'm thinking about this, I'm just I'm just seeing that God wants to, to free us up. I've asked Adam to do a special song. And as the baskets go, I want you to listen to this. It's all about our witness. You might know what's singing if you don't listen. But the song is, here I go again. Reflect on him as Adam sings.